Psalm 126. Well, let's just read that here together. Well, I'll read it for us. How's that? When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Songs. We actually looked at a song, didn't realize this was part of the reading for our Sunday school material. Maybe I should read ahead, but it's always fun to find out and kind of a nice little surprise when I pop in for Sunday school and find out we're looking at Mary's song from when she meets Elizabeth and that beautiful song there that looks backwards towards God's faithfulness and the excitement of Jesus. I feel like that really well wraps around what I want to share with you today. You see, songs cause us to recall memories um, I'm sure when people looked at that passage of Mary's, that, that song, they recalled the memories that she recalled there. It re- helps us revisit emotions. We don't, know, we don't just think about going back there, but we feel like re- rediscovering and going back in time and refilling those emotions. And hopefully, we're not just stuck there. Hopefully, we look ahead toward better days. You see... What we have here in Psalm 26 is a few things. The first one I want to talk about is uh, this idea of collective memory. Collective memory. I mean, when somebody shares with you, uh, where were you when such and such an event happened? I know you're thinking of whatever that event is that you've said that phrase for. Uh, 9-11, JFK, uh, the man on the moon. Let's say something nice. Let's say something positive, right? Right. and the Berlin Wall came down. Whatever it is, uh, there is a collective memory and you share in that in life. We experience that collective memory in different ways also. Um, music is one of those ways that helps us do that. Uh, for me, when I'm at work and I'm stocking groceries at the store, there is always music playing. Uh, you might enjoy the songs that we play when you pop into the store And you might not. And if you're an employee there, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Most regularly, uh, the songs are familiar, popular music. But at this time of the year, we'll hear Christmas tunes uh, quite frequently. And maybe multiple times in one shift, I'll hear the Jackson 5 singing, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. I always feel bad for Santa Claus in that song. It's getting in trouble with Mrs. Claus. And throughout the year... You might catch songs from the movie Grease, like uh, Summer Nights. It's so entertaining. I've definitely heard I've been stocking chips on one shelf, and across the store I'll hear somebody belting it out because they've seen the movie, they experienced it, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, you're singing, singing along with that one really loud in the grocery store. It's kind of one of those things that's, that's niche to our group. Like There's people that come in and they just enjoy singing and dancing as they shop for groceries. Uh, but this brief psalm, 126, and it is brief compared to the other ones we've looked at the last couple weeks, it's the, there's, a sub, there's a heading to it. It says, a song of ascent. 
And it's believed, it's believed that this could have been sung by people making pilgrimage up to Jerusalem for the various feasts throughout the year. As they travel, they would recite scripture. Well, what's the best way to recite something? It is to make it into a song. It's easy to remember, and we'll talk about here, that here in a second. But they looked at this song, and they affirmed it together. Collectively, those pilgrims, they recall having sad times, yes, times of sorrow. They remember the faithfulness of the Lord and proclaimed that faithfulness. And then they shared this song collectively together as they traveled, as they ascended to Jerusalem. So that's that collective memory. Let's look at how music and memory are connected. Because they are deeply connected. I, want, I need your help, really. And these are very basic songs, so please help me out here. I'm begging you. Um, finish this next line for you. I'm going to sing a little line of a song. I need you to, to finish real loud and clear, uh, as best you can, just the next little bit, okay? Jesus loves me. This I know. Okay, thank you. You pass. All right, next one. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Okay, very good, very good. So the alphabet song, of course, there is one of the most earliest songs that we teach kids. Uh, Gianna didn't learn it. She's shaking her head no. Even, even today, I sing that song, maybe you do too, to help remember what's the next letter in the alphabet. I don't know why maybe I need to alphabetize or decode something, but I need to know the order, and so therefore I re-sing the song. What about this one? Maybe you've Heard this one before in uh, Sunday school, maybe not. Maybe you taught kids this in Sunday school. Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham. All right, very good. Thank you. Thank you. You get extra points for that one. Good job. Um, Songs can bring up happy memories. I think of these children's songs, and I'm magically transported back in time to... uh, pre-kindergarten Sunday or, uh, children's church. I remember what they were called with Mrs. O and she'd hold up these cardboard papers and they'd, and they'd have the words on them because of course we can read, no. Um, and, um, and we would sing these little songs together uh, during kids' church. And it was, it was such a fun time. And you can have happy memories, but some songs create sad ones inside you too or help you remember sad feelings that you've had. Perhaps the hymn Amazing Grace is a bittersweet hymn for you. You see, it's sung at practically every funeral. Every funeral. We actually didn't sing it yesterday, so I'm a little surprised. But it's, it's such a shared experience that even Hollywood, even Hollywood, who certainly is no friend to faith in Jesus Christ, regularly has someone sing Amazing Grace during a funeral scene in movies and TVs. It's something that we collectively know. It transports us back. We have learned something from it. The folks back there in Hollywood, they may not understand the depth, the deeper meaning of God's grace in that song, but what they do know is that it connects with the grieving and then it comforts the grieving. It comforts them. And so they utilize that song to do just that. And you see, Psalm 126 and the other Psalms of Ascent that we see here in the scripture, they're connected to this communal memory 
And every time they hear this song, they remember what God did in the past. They remember. They sing and they remember. Um, Recently, Kaylee had asked me to play some music on my phone. Uh, The song Carol of the Bells uh, by, as she put it, professional singers. And I, I did a quick search on YouTube and found out that my old high school... Our Christmas CD was actually published and uploaded in its entirety to YouTube. Well, so we listened to those songs, and I was transported back once again to that large church in Ottawa, Illinois, in which we recorded this as a high school choir, a mixed choir, this entire album. And I remember uh, the musicians that were getting ready to play. There was, bre- there was a small group of brass, the loud organ, this just tall church that echoed the, the sound. The acoustics were amazing. Um, <clears throat> but I look back on that time fondly and proudly of that accomplishment uh, to record such things and to do them well. Uh, and I'm sure that if you asked any of my fellow choir members, they would tell you of their experience at that time But I didn't just look back, I looked forward, forward to my daughter's inquisitiveness concerning music, my family's Christmas traditions, and what we might find ourselves up to on December 25th. The music has memory, but it's also there to give us motivation for the future. It doesn't just keep us in the past or give us a nice warm fuzzy right now, but it helps us move forward. Forward in every single song that we sing, especially these. So let's look once again at this, this uh, passage. Remember that past helps us move forward. So let me look at verses one through three. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Like I mentioned earlier today, when you get around somebody who is joyous, it's hard for that not to rub off on you when you see them. Even if you're having a rough day, you see somebody who's genuinely, not just fake it, but genuinely happy and joyful and it's coming across, it's hard for that not to rub off. Okay, then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. So the children of Israel begin to reflect on what God has done, what he has accomplished. And this is an attempt to just butter God up as if you could do that. Rather, it is to remind them, it is, and for us, it is to remind us of, of the mighty and wonderful things God has done. We declare them to help us remember. I mean, have you ever just, you know, yammered to yourself to try to remember the thing that you're working on? Or what was that thing that I was trying to do? Or how many eggs did I need to put in this recipe? And those types of things. And you talk out loud to yourself. And sometimes that helps lock it into your memory. We do the children's songs. That helps lock it into their memory all these years later. The same thing goes on. When I say God is faithful, he is not faithful because I said it. I say God is faithful not to remind him that he is faithful as if he could forget I say it because I need to remember and recall not only that he is faithful, but that I once and still do believe that God is faithful. Verse four, restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. 
You see, here, here they actually call out for the Lord to do something, to, for action. They call out for action. And, and what they ask for is interesting in these, in these verses coming up. They don't ask for greater wealth than what they had before. No, they, they asked for no more and no less than what God had previously blessed them with. Verses, they, they, in that verse four, restore our fortunes. Verse five, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. For joy to be understood, the absence of joy, or at least the opposite of joy, must also be understood and recognized. The weeping and sorrow and tears later produce a crop. A crop is the songs of joy. Christmas time, we think of Jesus' birthday. And uh, birthdays are a very uh, special and fun time. Uh, they can be. They could be frustrating and sad. They could just be another date to you. But you see, when I was a kid, our family would do birthday parties at home. And they might have a theme of some sort. One year, I believe we had a dinosaur theme, right? Uh, dino games and decorations and, of course, a dinosaur-shaped homemade cake. As the person who was being celebrated... There wasn't much for me to do uh, to prepare for this birthday party. I had to invite my friends and then they needed to show up for it. But that was about all I could do. But my parents, they did all the prep. Make or buy decorations and party favors. Make and send the invitations. Plan a game or two. Gather the food together, including making or having another relative make that dino cake. And I believe I only vaguely remember this because of pictures of the event. My parents did all the prep. They got, they, I got all the celebration. I got the presents and what they got, my parents, <laughs> was exhausted <laughs> having that many kids uh, and all of that. And hopefully, besides exhausted, they got a thank you from me. Well, if, a, if at Christmas time... If for you it's just preparation to celebrate Jesus' birthday, we all might just get exhausted. We just might just get exhausted. I know several seasons of Christmas, I feel that way. Maybe you could relate to that. Leading up to Christmas, it's just exhausting. We've got to bake cookies. We've got to go shopping. We've got to wrap presents. We've got to go to church and sing some carols. And it's no wonder when Christmas Day is all said and done, we feel like we just need a nap. We've worn ourselves out by preparing for what amounts to be a birthday party. And nothing wrong with celebrating Jesus' birth and referring to it as a birthday party. But again, we exhaust ourselves if we're just planning a birthday party. But Advent season, and this is something I only just recently in the few, last few years really wrapped my mind around. Advent season is not just a time to prepare for a birthday party. Like Psalm 126 reflected back to the times of sorrow, it was a comparison 
to the present joy. So you see, they had returned to Zion. And in this song, these people were celebrating that memory as they traveled back to Jerusalem to make pilgrimage for the festivals. They looked on their tears sown in the previous season and appreciated the sheaves of joy that they now had. We look back to Jesus' birth and we are thankful and rejoice. We look to his death. We're mourned for he died for us. We rejoice that he's risen again. We rejoice that he sent the Holy Spirit. But that's not all, folks. (laughs) The second advent is the one that we now live in. We look back on our personal suffering, our old life of pain and enslavement to sin, and then we turn and we look forward, forward toward the freedom and salvation in Christ, in the restoration of his second coming that will bring the whole of his existence. Perhaps the loss of focus on that second advent, hear this now, awaiting Christ's return, we lose that focus, maybe that's when Christmas started to become so commercial. Focusing on the festivities and not the reason for the season. Well, doing that tends to leave us hollow and unsatisfied and exhausted and maybe needing a nap. Instead of joy to come, We focus on the happiness here and now. And the problem with any toy that you give to a child or maybe you got before in any given Christmas time is the same as always. It's a short-term payout of happiness instead of the retrospective and then forward-thinking joy that we get from Jesus. Think of a toy or physical gift that you've received long ago. As a nice gesture, it w- as nice of a gesture as it was, it wore out, didn't it? It breaks down. Remember the gift. Sometimes the gift even breaks down on Christmas morning. <laughs> it doesn't last three, mo- three minutes outside the package. But the gift of Jesus Christ is the one to reflect with thankfulness for his birth. Emmanuel, God with us and expectant joy of his coming again at the end of all things. Or if the gift of your physical body gives out before that, it'll be the gift of seeing him in heaven before he returns. Are you going through a rough time right now? Maybe you feel worn down physically, emotionally, spiritually. Sometimes a lot of those are connected. Well, I've got good news for you. This time, it's only temporary. It's only temporary. It may feel like forever. It may feel as though you won't ever see the light at the end of the tunnel. But verses 5 and 6 remind us of the joy of the harvest begins with this temporary time. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy, those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. We who are waiting for Christ's return 
can be full of joy at that the harvest is coming. Jesus will return and conclude this time of Advent. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your faithfulness in the past. We thank you that right now we can look back on our sorrows and our tears and see where you've brought us to. But even reflecting on that, pointing us toward something we are not yet in, the joy that is yet to be fulfilled in Jesus Christ and his return. We thank you, Jesus, for your birth and thank you for coming to earth, coming to save mankind. And we await your second coming. And in the meantime, we don't just sit on our hands. Lord, empower us to do what you called us to do, to make Christ-like disciples in the nations, to introduce our friends and family and neighbors, their fresh start in you, Jesus. It is in this that we pray and we look expectantly in joy to see your face and for your coming. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. You're dismissed. Go in peace.